Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Yoga Life podcast. Uh, This is Julia, and here we go. I wish I could say that this is the first time I've pressed the record button, but it's not. Uh, I tried to record a podcast before the holidays after I'd mentioned it on my Instagram, and it's now January 16th to give you an idea of how well that worked. But I started to record... I really got hung up on GarageBand and the microphone settings and just figuring out how the damn thing works. And it took me a minute, got it figured out, and then the holidays happened for one. And I ended up getting a little sick and lost my voice. And it was very much in and out for about two weeks or so. I feel like it's finally just now back. So here we go. Why am I doing this? Uh, cause I want to, no, I, uh, part of me wants to, part of me is terrified, but that terrified part is getting pushed to the back burner and we're freaking doing it because I need to, and I want to, and doing uncomfortable things, uh, terrifies me and I am not an adrenaline junkie. I am not a put yourself out there unabashedly kind of person And I guess I'm trying to work on it. And that's one of the things that I'm working on for, I suppose, 2019 as it is the beginning of the year. And there's always that, you know, new year, new me thing, right? Part of me wishes that I didn't succumb to that, but you know what? It really is a good spot after the holidays. It's nice to just reconsider while we have the dead months of January and February. So let's do it and we'll get started. Uh, part of the reason I wanted to do this in addition to the whole self growth and doing things that scare you business is I find that most of, most of the time, even when I plan out the entire class, plan the Dharma talk, plan what we're doing, have everything synced up perfectly. I still don't always manage to include my favorite parts. However, my favorite parts are what happens before and after class most of the time. And that's connecting with people in the class, uh, people coming in for the next class. And I feel like it's that time in the one-on-one casual sort of time that I end up sharing some of the content that I'm most passionate about. And when you walk into a studio or into a room for, you know, a 60 minute or 75 minute class, or even a two hour workshop, you're there to take the class, to participate, to be there. And there's not always that in-between chatter. And sometimes, you know, you got to bounce and you got to get stuff done at home or you got to get to the next thing or you got to get to work and there's not always time. But I also don't want to take up a whole class discussing something, even though that might be what I'm most passionate about that day or just in general. So this is an opportunity for me to share the more (laughs) that I have to offer besides just teaching a yoga class. And that's physical meditation, pranayama, everything. Part of it's the connection between all of them and making those connections in everyday life, not just on your mat. And, you know, I say that on occasion after class, take what you've learned in your practice, take these tools, take these experiences and go out and apply them to the rest of your life, whatever it may be. Once one pose is done, we move on to the next pose. You forgot how much your legs were burning in chair pose 
And now we go to warrior one and we have a whole new set of stimuli to be aware of. And chair pose is mostly gone. Maybe there's a little lingering sensation in, you know, your front leg because it's still doing its job. But for the most part, we reset every new pose we get into. And one of the things that I've been working with recently, encouraging people to do is every time you walk through a doorway, maybe not in your house, but when you leave your house, press the reset button. When you leave your job, press the reset button. Reset, leave what you just did completely behind you, save what you need for later, but be fully present in whatever you're doing. And I think that's something that's really, really lacking in culture and society, just the way we live in general is we are never fully present with what we're doing. And while I'm doing this, you know, I'm noticing I'm completely focused on what I'm doing right now. Hopefully when you're at work, though, most people do end up working on a computer. Maybe you're completely focused. Maybe you get distracted with every bing of the email or every bing of the Facebook or your phone. And then you get stuck in that two minute scroll or 20 minute scroll and you get completely sidetracked from what you're doing. Allowing those bings of information to come in and leave just as easily as they came in is one of the hardest things to do. We have things grasping for our attention constantly as my email bings on my computer. We're going to turn the sound off. Pardonnez-moi. Remembering that for next time. Anyways, (laughs) I didn't check the email, by the way. I want you to know I'm proud of myself, but it's so burning in the back of my brain right now that I just dinged, and I don't know if it's an email for myself that's important or if it's for the studio or if it's some clothing advertisement that I probably need to inscribe to. Hmm. But we're going to leave that be because this is what I'm doing right now, and I hope you are fully invested in what you're doing at the moment, which is funny because... Um, clearly you're listening to a podcast and hopefully doing something that doesn't require a whole lot of attention at the same time. But this idea of the constant distraction, how do we prevent it? How do we get rid of it? Um, you can, to a certain extent, you can turn the devices off, but we're so addicted to these devices and this constant stimulation. If you'd like some homework, I'd like for you to think about how many times you pick up your phone or check your phone during the day. Uh, There's a couple apps that can record this for you. It does run constantly, so it does drain the battery a little bit. Um, And I realized when I, I was doing, I think it was the Moment app, sometimes you might have to fine tune it depending on what you do or what you need your phone for. I have a mileage tracking app. As an independent contractor, I keep track of all of the mileage that I drive to work. And when I was using the Moment app, I realized it turned off my uh, Mile IQ app at the same time. So I have to go in and prepare for tax season and fill in a couple gaps there. But if you have an iPhone, sorry if you're not team iPhone, I am. Uh, There's now a new setting called Screen Time. If you go to the settings, pull up Screen Time. You can choose to set an amount of downtime. You can choose to set your app limits. 
You can choose apps that are always allowed if you need, you know, the mile tracking app. Um, and then there's content and privacy restrictions. Of course, I'm sure that that's more for the family setting, but who knows? Maybe not. Uh, that one, let's see, I'm looking through it. It doesn't show you how many times you picked up your phone, but this is interesting to me. Today so far, I've gotten 67 notifications on my phone. And I'm thankful that I have most of my notifications turned off. I don't even have the red bubble that pops up into the corner because if it's a certain day and a certain moment and I'm already a little bit stressed out, seeing that bubble of an unanswered thing makes me a little bit nervous. But the Moment app, as well as a couple other ones, it tracks how many times you pick up your phone, how many times you look at it and put it back down. How many of you have reached in your pocket or your purse to grab your phone just to check the time? You look at it, you weren't even present at checking the time, and you put it away. And two seconds later, you realize you didn't even register what time it was. That, to me, is just like the perfect example of this monkey mind where, I wonder what time it is. Even if you don't need to be somewhere and you're constantly checking the time just because it's a fidget or a tick that you happen to have. I would strongly encourage you even just download one of those apps or use the screen time function on your phone to see how much time you actually spend. How much time you spend on Facebook. And I've deleted the Facebook app from my phone and I'm so thankful. Uh, I had the messages app deleted for quite a while. I put it back on over the holidays and then I took it off because the group text with my family was stressing me out. Sorry guys, they really, really like their GIFs. And uh, G-I-F, is it GIF, GIF? I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes it gets a little out of hand and I have 35 missed messages and it's just... It's a little much when you've put your phone away for two hours to teach and you return to all of the notifications. But anyways, back to it. Squirrel. I get tangented easily, so uh, I apologize. You should be prepared and maybe I'll learn how to stay on track with what I'm talking about. But this is what I mean. I get excited about what I'm talking about and it goes in a completely different direction that I thought it would and ends up hopefully being a little educational and beneficial to you. So download one of those apps, check out the screen time app. And then in addition, I don't spend a lot of time on my computer. Thankfully, I suppose, because I'm not usually at it while I'm teaching. I would hope I'd not be on my computer or my phone while I'm teaching. But even before or after class, I'll set out to respond to an email and, you know, a notification will pop up and I'll click it and then I won't respond to that email. And then I'll try to do it after class and hey, what do you know? It doesn't get done either. So in the last, we're going to go with six months or so, I think, since I went to see Laura in Eau Claire uh, and she told me about that moment screen app. It's gotten a lot easier and I noticed how not present and distracted I was just going from place to place. And the biggest issue is when we, when we are in this constant state of stimulation and distraction, the brain continues to crave it. Even when we find, you know, a happy place, like you're even just hanging out on the couch and having a conversation, 
and it can be a, a super awesome conversation. And all of a sudden you're reaching for your phone and you don't actually care what's on your phone. This is just a habit that we've created and habits are so hard to break. And I feel like you just don't know how distracted you are and until you find that gauge, you find that tracker, which might come in the form of an app. It might come in the form of just leaving your phone at home when you happen to go. I know that sounds just absolutely terrifying, doesn't it? I realize some people can't do that, but there was, there was a time when we functioned without our cell phones and everyone got along just fine or turn your phone off or turn it on airplane mode instead of getting so sucked in, really try to break that habit. I, I encourage you. It's, it's been a very beneficial habit for me. And I know I've shared it with, with many people. And once we start to break that cycle of getting sucked into a piece of technology or sucked into what's going on outside of us in social media, at some point, hopefully that presence kind of translates into other parts of our lives. Like I said, when you leave work, you keep work at work. When you leave your house, you leave your home life at home and you go into whatever you're about to do. And hopefully at some point it becomes more natural and you're not looking at your phone or your watch to see what time it is and not actually registering what time it is or getting stuck in the scroll after clicking on one tiny notification that you needed or did not need to actually open. I would encourage you as I have been encouraging people to do uh, every class for the past week or so is just sitting in stillness. Find what your relationship to stillness and quiet is. I know for some people it's terrifying. All of those thoughts that we try to suppress and numb with overstimulating with other things or substances, they might start to come out. But at some point, those tiny voices, those ideas, those pokes, if they aren't dealt with, if we don't allow them to come up and to be acknowledged and to deal with them, they just stay there. There are some things that are suppressed and slowly fade away. And there are some things that will keep nagging at you until you deal with them. And in our society, we would so much prefer to distract ourselves with other things instead of deal with that one thing. We really need to. Dealing with all of the stupid little things we need to do for work or at home, exercising some form of control in order to feel like we have control over the thing we might not. That was the most ineloquent, ineloquent, who knows? Guys, you'll get used to the way I talk. It's not always pretty. <laughs> but it, it, when we when we try to exercise control just to feel like we have it, it's most of the time, it's just a cover up for being insecure about what's actually going on. Trying to leave work at work, home at home, leaving your phone, leaving your computer, leaving the social media. If you want to get on there, send a message, do something important, do something fun or completely mindless for five minutes. Let it be five minutes. Consider sitting in silence more than you usually do, which is probably never. Just set a timer for two minutes 
and watch your breath. Go to a guided meditation if you want to. If you found one, you can use one of mine. Hopefully there will be more coming soon. But take time to pause. The pause it can be scary and it can be uncomfortable and it's certainly unfamiliar for most people. But the pause is when we start to connect back to self instead of being distracted by all of the other things possible, which some are important, some are necessary. I'm going to take a stab and say most of which are not. So until next time, consider your homework, consider getting one of those apps, consider using the screen time function, or just trying to notice how much you are not present and try to make that switch. Try to do the tiny things. Leave your phone out of the bedroom. Get a separate alarm clock. I know we all use our phone for an alarm. Or plug it on the other other side of the room so that when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom, you don't reach for your freaking phone. <laughs> and then start the mindless scroll at three in the morning. When you wake up, try to not let getting on your phone or getting on your computer be the first thing that you do. Setting the tone of your day with something a little less chaotic, a little less perhaps upsetting if on occasion social media or the news is not the most pleasant place for you to be. When you go to bed, I hear a lot of people say that when they, when they lay down, their head hits the pillow and that's the time that their brain just spins out of control. Up until that point where your head hits the pillow, you've probably been inundated with stimulus that you weren't even aware of, that were were completely unaware of, truly. You don't notice where your eyes go. Maybe they land on a picture on the wall or maybe you hear something outside. That silence, that okay, it's time to go to sleep now sort of idea, that the only time we have that stillness is when we go to sleep and when we wake up. And when we're so used to stimulation, it can be extremely hard to get to sleep. That stillness is uncomfortable. I guarantee you, if you start to become comfortable with that stillness and decrease the addiction to stimulus in your life, getting to sleep is going to be a whole lot easier and waking up hopefully a lot more present. So I wanted this to be about 15 minutes and we're pushing that 20 minute mark. So... I'm going to say this is good for today. And I think this might actually be better than the initial one that I recorded and deleted on accident because I currently fail at GarageBand. So we'll see when this gets up on SoundCloud and the iTunes. If you like it, let me know. If you hated it, well, keep your opinion to yourself. No, I am very open to constructive criticism. I talk fast when I'm nervous. And I'm still hella nervous. So we're going to work on the talking speed. We're going to work on the technology. And hopefully I will see you next time. And maybe a little bit more of a concise ramble. But, you know, we tend to get squirrely. And I'll probably ramble anyways. So thanks, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take two minutes to breathe. And I will see you next time.